Welcome to Totally Relevant on our fourth episode. And in today, we are going to be talking about music. And hopefully in this episode as well, we are not going to be uh, having Zoom crashes, timeouts and all that. Because in the last episode, that was pretty mental. Uh, it was pretty much where I was rushing in the background trying to find my debit card to uh, get a member, uh, get a membership for a lim- limited time. So Zoom, <laughs> you have my money now and don't drop us out. Uh, we're joined with uh, Nick. Hi. Hi, I'm back again because I'm in every episode, just like Toby. Um, today's a bit, I guess, a bit unorganised. I sent everyone their content forms this morning, um, and it was also titled episode three, not episode four. So I'm already breaking my structure of the podcast, but it's fine. It's just a very stressful time at the moment, Toby, uh, with the virus and everything. <laughs> So if I uh, pass over to you guys, you can all introduce yourself. So Keely, do you want to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a first year music business student and I've been a music journalist since I was 13. And yeah, I'm starting up my own business currently. Nice. Hi, I'm Jo. Um, I'm a grad student doing music and I'm also fronting a band at the moment called Down It Out. I'm Shaw. I'm a uh, first year creative music tech student uh, and I founded Down Not Out uh, and I'm the rhythm guitarist in that band with Joe and a couple of others as well. Cool. So I think the first thing we'll talk about is something we've been talking about with everyone, obviously, um, is the impact of COVID. Um, now, you guys are all uni students, so you're going to have like different takes on it. Yeah, it's been a bit of a pain uh, in terms of modules at the moment because the kind of the ones that were coming up when we got put into lockdown were all physical ones and presentations and symposiums and events and such. So we basically just kind of had to roll with the punches with that being rearranged and rejigged. And It's strange because our course is very hands-on, so we have a lot of studio modules where we're recording songs in the studio, um, a lot of kind of looping stuff, so where it's very hands-on. So we should be really in using pedals um, and physical studio equipment setting it up and you know it's it's so it's difficult because we've now been given free software for like a period of time but we're having to do all of our physical stuff at home so we're having to record songs into our laptop and find ways around it which is a bit of a pain I mean like Joe said they are understanding and they have like changed criteria and stuff to make sure we are getting the best we can but it's um it's difficult. It's definitely not how I saw my first year going. I was like, oh, I'd be in uni all the time and it'd be great. And now I just kind of sat at home in front of my laptop crying because I'm trying to record acoustic guitar and it's not working. So, <laughs> um, with music business, I personally I, I love it. I love being <laughs> at home and having all this time <laughs> to get work done. And I've got it yeah. done so quickly. And I think that like now I'm just waiting for lectures to just telling me that I'm doing the right things because that's already mm-hmm. finished. I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit more organised. or <laughs> I think as well as starting a business, it's been really valuable, especially when it's social media based because everyone's yep. on their phones right now. Tell us tell us a bit about it. Um, So it's Sass and Smile and it's all about encouraging self-promotion, supporting women in music and providing an opportunity to network among young creatives. Where do you see it going? Well, I've got a few things 
that I've had to be stopped because of the lockdown. But we're going to be doing talks in schools and then we're going to be doing networking events so young creators mm-hmm. can come, meet new people, we'll have a panel. And yeah, we're gonna also going to do um, security at venues in Manchester. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, working with the Survivors Trust. We want to make gigs safer for women. So when you see that seven foot bodyguard who was literally paid to be intimidating, only 2% of sexual harassment is reported. So obviously you're not going to go up really? to this intimidating bodyguard. So um, we thought we'll just try it out. Me in a pink high vis might, <laughs> don't know, my reports might get noted and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's a cool little project. Yeah, that's a great idea. Tell us about tell us about down not out and, and what you guys do there, what you girls do there. Sorry, yeah, we're a uh, we're a small pop punk band that formed in Cheltenham just over a year ago, I think. So it was like January last year before we became official. Um, we've gone through a few different members, and our current lineup consists of myself, Joe, and then our bassist Amy, who's also a female. Um, obviously, I'm just like, yeah, Amy, but um, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's obviously in it. And then we've got a drummer who's male, so it is a free piece female band with a, with a male drummer which obviously is very rare to see anyway flipping that balance yeah flipping the balance definitely so it's um when we go to shows and i know we've definitely had it before where me and joe have people come up to us and we're like oh it's so strange to see like two girls playing the guitar and this is before we had amy um see like two girls on stage playing the guitar front in the band it's, it's, it's you don't usually see it so we've definitely had like a lot of comments on that which is... it usually is genuinely like enthusiastic and encouraging though it's not like no, it's all positive. Like we had someone who uh, brought her daughter to the show to come and see me and Joe because she wanted to, because her daughter wants to be a guitarist and she wanted to prove that women can, um, women can be guitarists in bands. And she heard about us and how fast we built up a fan base and what we've done over the last year. So is that was that important to you when you made the band, or at the time was it more of like a creative thing to be like, oh, let's just do something creative? I think I started it as just like a. I wanted to have it creative so it originally started as just a cover band and then when we started doing originals and we had Joe who because Joe joined as a, as a bassist originally temporary and then became a permanent mm-hmm. member um, and then from there now we've got like the perfect lineup I think we're the strongest we've been and it just feels like it feels nice now knowing that we do have females in the band and it is we do have an edge which makes us stand out and it makes us different and it's nice to know that people are noticing that and people are saying that it's it's unique and it's something different and there's a there's a gap in the market for it as well because there aren't yeah, many especially sure. in the genre we play as well there's not many bands with females in that you you typically see playing type of pop punk music especially like the amount of girls there are in one band so yeah it, it makes a difference to me now when i when we thought i didn't really think about it when it first started but now it, it, it does kind of make a difference when you when you've adjusted to it i feel like i am more comfortable now especially with like the lineup we've got it's nice yeah it's a really nice group really like encouraging building each other up sort of thing and it's like it's not a situation where you feel uncomfortable sharing new ideas personally i I, obviously i can't speak for everybody but i'd like to think that applies to everybody but you know there's been bands i've been in the past where i've been like oh like i don't know if that's a good idea i'm not going to put that forward whereas here i'm like hey guys i did this check it out and just like excited to hear what they think of it. Yeah, our drummer's really supportive as well. Like he's just so lovely and he's always encouraging everyone and building everyone up and he's never ever been horrible or nasty about anything. He's just one of the nicest people you could meet. <laughs> I call him my, my quality control when I have a new <laughs> song. 
If it passes Ryan, it'll get past anyone. If, if Ryan approves, then we do it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question regarding, like, performing, actually. Like, this is probably a question I've always had, like, for artists. Um, how do you, like, memorise uh, chords and, like, vocals? <sighs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I... I personally, I just... Um, repetition. Yeah, rep- it's a lot of repetition. So what people don't see is um, how much we practice and how much we mess up. So in practice, me and Joe, I've got recordings of it, but we've hit the wrong note at exactly the same time. We've <laughs> pulled a face because we both know. It's, yeah, it's just constant repetition, just constantly going over it. And then eventually you come into a pattern where you don't think about what chord you need to play. It's just remember it by muscle memory, where your hand goes yeah. at certain points rather than thinking about chords. It just becomes natural. I think for me as well, because um, w- I write the lyrics, I remember them a lot easier because they've come from my own brain and I've spent a lot of time with them. Um, so I'm actually, I, str- I struggle a lot more to remember what I'm playing on guitar because I'm new to playing the guitar, like in such an intense way. So it does take me longer to remember what I'm playing on the guitar rather than like, I'll have the lyrics down by the time the song's written, but that lead guitar will always be tricky to me and i think as well with in uh, response to like toby just saying like how do you remember stuff there's certain songs that we've had and i i've had a tantrum because i can't play it so one of the songs we've had <laughs> i've said i'm not doing it and i'm like turning to Gemma collins i'm like not doing it sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like no and then like five seconds later i'm like joe i learned it <laughs> and joe's like there you go <laughs> just while we're on the topic of creative projects because all three of us or five of us here have, have started something I think it's really important when you do it's it's hard when you when you make something new to get people to believe in it and to back you um, and when you've got all these ideas you obviously want to put them somewhere and and it at the time the worst thing imaginable is putting it out in the world because you're like you don't know how people are going to react you know it almost if it flops you just don't know how have you all coped or managed those feelings of starting something new and um and sort of what advice would you give to people who have like a little passion project I mean, because obviously, well, like like I said, I, I was I originally formed down that out that we've got, and I think the biggest fear for me was the rejection. Um, I've been in previous bands before with Joe. Uh, it's like most of my bands I've been in have been with Joe, and we've had good people and we've enjoyed it, and we thought, yeah, we're going to get somewhere with this, and then someone turns around and just drops out, or you don't get anywhere. So my biggest fear was I don't want to be rejected and not be able to perform anywhere, and then you kind of realise. When you have an idea, you just have to go for it because it sounds cheesy, and I don't like saying it, but you do YOLO. <laughs> you, you do only just YOLO for it. <laughs> yeah, YOLO, YOLO. Yeah. But it's um, you just put it out there and just don't be afraid of rejection because you do learn from things that you mess up on. So we've messed up on live shows. We've you just have to laugh it off. Yeah. sometimes. you laugh it off and you move forward, and it makes you stronger because if you fall like when like when you're younger and you're learning to ride a bike, you fall off, you get back on. It's making adjustments and learning from it. Don't be afraid and, you know, just reach out to people who are going to be supportive. Don't have a negative friend group. Make sure you have people there who are there to listen to you and want to help because it makes so much of a difference. That is pretty good, actually. Yeah, because me and Nick have experienced that through projects we've made um, and pushing through into coming up with ideas and stuff and doing it uh, and then rejections from technicians of looking down and saying, nah, that's not going to happen, mate. But it's more the case of sitting down and going, okay, well, how can we make this happen? and pushing into it like i can think of countless things that have happened during when we did uni esports the shows and stuff but we never look at it in a negative way look at it in a positive way and go ah right yeah i know that problem for next time i know how 
to uh, not make a mess up in the next time. I think it's important to surround yourself with positive people, but you also need to surround yourself with honest people because you don't want people feeding a delusion that's not going to work. You want them to be like, listen, this is great, but you need to tweak this to make it more viable. I think that's really important. I think that's a good thing. Like That's why a reason I call Ryan my quality control because he will tell me if he doesn't think something works and it won't be like, oh no, it's not good. It will just be like, it could work better if you changed this part. I think it's definitely as well, or learning uh, and accepting criticism um, through like any project you make. I mean, like I, my family does that raise they are like they they really hate criticism, and, and and I think anybody does at first appeal. But when you think about it, it's like oh okay yeah it does make sense. Like it's my mum she's a she's a sewer, so she sews a lot of stuff, and she'll try and sell these bags and the the, the, the I don't know what bags they're called, but they're like um, basically. There's something that you could put documents into, and I'm saying no. Maybe try and make them bigger and stuff. And just like no, no, keep them as they are. It's like <laughs> you don't understand my artistic vision. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but she's researching into it because of the criticism I've given. So it's always worth giving your friends criticism on their projects and that. You but... just slated your mother for her little bags. <laughs> She's upset now. That's why she was asking me to buy one. <laughs> I'll have to go, yeah, I'll sort something out. <laughs> Keely, how did you get your business from from sort of ideation to out there in the world? What, what process did you use? I think coming up with it in February and then having this like, oh, it's not good enough, it's not a good enough idea, it's never going to work. And then in lockdown, I've watched so many different webinars of people starting their own side hustles. And I was just like, I'm 18, you know, I can start whatever I want to and see how it goes. Yeah. So I, on a Friday, I was just like, I'm going to launch it next Friday. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's a big challenge. <laughs> yeah, I messaged every single person I knew. I created a website in a week and it was just like, I'm getting it done because done is better than perfect. And then, um, have it, are any of you on the Dots app? like a networking site oh i've heard of it though i've heard yeah of it. it's amazing for young creatives so i put a post on there and i was like guys will you come check my website and i got so much constructive criticism stuff from like what font i used to color palettes to what sentence was weirdly worded i got so much feedback that i was just like yeah this is really gonna make it better so yeah i definitely recommend you know going getting feedback from friends or just some people on an app it's always nice to have that sounding board isn't it like especially like joe said especially if there's someone you can go to who does who doesn't just big you up but also criticize not criticizes but gives that gives that sort of um realistic viewpoint rather than this is good this is good you know it's, it's good to have that and it is really hard to take criticism i'm sure everyone you know, no one likes criticism, but in the long run, it's, you know, it's a positive. If I think if you're delusional about something and you won't accept anyone else's input, then then whatever happens is sort of at, at your own hands, really. It's always good to have that input from other people. It's a slippery slope because it's a way to get in like a big head as well. So it is nice, like <laughs> Keely said about going to strangers and stuff as well, like especially when they don't know you, if you're all in this type of same mindset and you want to help each other out, if they don't know you when they're giving you advice on your website and stuff and they genuinely want to help, that's always nice because they don't know you so they're not going to be personal yeah. about it. That means there's genuine interest yeah. in what you're doing as well. Yeah, exactly. And nothing can be perfect, exactly. It's better It's better that it's out there and done and, and then you can work on it while it's live Yeah. Um, rather than sort of keeping it. I think that sometimes the hardest thing to overcome is that self-doubt of like, is this go- is this even good enough to show people? 
So just beginning to show people stuff, I think is like the first big step to actually, you know, realizing, yeah, this is, this could be good. And like, people might actually mm -hmm. be interested in this. Cause like before the band, I was sitting on loads of songs and I was just like, what am I going to do with yep. these? Nothing. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know if you can swear. <laughs> you can definitely swear. Don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then like, I kind of just showed one randomly one day. I can't even remember which one it was. And Ryan was like, I love this. Can we please do it? And then that's like kind of how we started snowballing into doing original songs. Just because I randomly was like, lol, listen to this kind of country song I wrote for some reason. <laughs> that was one of the best songs we've got as well. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I wrote it as like low-key as a joke, but it was actually really good. That's amazing. It's really cool when, <laughs> when something like that happens and then it's out there. And then like say a couple of months go by or years or whatever. And you look back and you're like, you know, can imagine if I never like never made it public or never you know actually followed it through yeah I just don't know where things yeah, can go to I don't think I would like I feel like I've improved as a, as a songwriter and I don't think that would have happened if not for this because I wouldn't mm. have had that push oh yeah love you, yeah. <laughs> you, love you. <laughs> um okay should we talk a bit about diversity it's quite a touchy subject especially when a man is like diversity but I think I think we're all aware that there are I mean I think every single one of us are kind of doing projects around yeah. that at the moment um because obviously Keely's got her awesome thing going on I'm doing a kind of similar thing for my module um that's just kind of looking at creating a space for women to feel comfortable entering into the music world so on any level really but obviously as a musician my focus is getting people in playing stuff um, but yeah, that kind of came from just looking around me, like on my course, it's 20 guys and like four girls. And then the lecturers, I don't even know how many male lecturers there are, but there's only one female lecturer. And it was just a case of like, obviously all of those men that I, that I work with are all supportive. Like I've never felt like I don't belong because I'm a girl, but there is just kind of that thing of like... Sometimes, like, guys will subconsciously dis dismiss you or, mm -hmm. or speak over you. They don't mean yep. to do it, but they don't realise, like, as a girl, that's something that happens to you a lot, mm. so it's frustrating. And, yeah, like, me and one of the girls on my course were kind of just... She was annoyed after one session because she felt like her ideas were kind of being talked over and dismissed. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like, this isn't just, like, something that only happens here. Like, this is a wider thing that happens in like every situation we're in and I was like oh like maybe maybe that's a basis for a little bit of a community networking getting people into music project because we don't see that many girls playing in bands like it's there's more than it used to be but it's still massively outbalanced we've definitely had issues as well like we're well not necessarily issues it is in a way but it's not like a massive thing but we've had Myself and Joe have experienced it a couple of times where we've gone to play a show and all the other bands have been all males. So we've been like the only band of females in. Um, and it was back back when we had our original lineup. So it was two males and two females. So me, Joe, and then our bassist and our drummer. Um, and we had like sound technicians just being really rude. So uh, Joe, like there was another band as well where there's like a, there a woman in it and he was talking to us like in a really dismissive way and there's an amplifier off stage and um, we got we asked if we could use it because we needed to have something to plug into and he's like yeah just go and grab one and he, these are like big cabs so like I, if you know when you see them on stage and they're like they're basically my you know, height like nearly five yeah, foot and they're like, they're like four <laughs> foot high 
yeah, it's like four foot high and it's like, you know, about two, two, three foot wide. And he says, yeah, just lift it on stage. And I was like, right, health and safety, regardless whether you're a woman or a man, you don't lift it at that, that size amp on your own. So I was like, well, you know, it's a bit big. Can you give me a hand? So he walks over, picks it up on his own and puts it on stage and is like, oh, can you take it from there? And I'm like, y- y- you know. Loki, I wish he'd like pulled his back out or something. Cause... <laughs> like, there is, there's like, it's kind of one of those things because he was, after this, he was talking to our drummer, fine. He was having a laugh of our drummer. But then I tried talking to him again and he was really rude towards me and then Joe and then another female. And it's like, there's, why? There's no need for it. But it only seemed to be the women he was being rude to, which was the oddest thing about all of it. It's one of those situations as well where he has the power to like ruin our set so you can't say anything. Yeah. Literally told one of the one of the uh, female fronted singers in the other band to sing louder because she couldn't hear herself. Yeah, rather than you know do his job and turn things down a bit. Not that not that I know how to sound tech, but I know some of the like I know logically if you turn some things down. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned to uh, Nick before as well, like the other day in the chat. I said uh, said to Nick that we were uh, playing a show in, in Gloucester, and one of the uh, we walked in, and my boyfriend had a an operation on a uh, on his like he had his appendix removed, so he can't lift very like he we don't want him lifting heavy stuff in case it damaged him or. So I was carrying my amplifier and my my guitar in, which keep in mind I'm the I'm the musician like that's my own kit. Walked in, my boyfriend's carrying my backpack. We walked past the bar, and one of the guys turns when I says to my boyfriend, "Shouldn't you be carrying that for her?" I was like, "Please, sir, I am but a humble, weak female. Don't." <laughs> yeah, I think it's generally because like looking from an old generation of people like this is no dig on old people but like get with the times like it's not it's it's yeah it's not because a lot of like the old end generation think oh women in the kitchen men in the labor and it's like no that's bullshit now it's not it's not that but the thing is is that when i carried all of this equipment in they didn't know that alex was with me like they didn't know we were together so he could have been a random stranger off the street and just offered to carry something in for me so for this guy to just turn around, automatically assume that we're together and then say he should be carrying my stuff, I was like, that's not fair on him, for one, because you don't know what he's going through. And second of all, I'm the musician. The thing is, as well, if they were that concerned, they could have helped you themselves. Yeah, if you were really that bothered <laughs> about it. But even then, he didn't ask me. He didn't say, like, oh, are you okay carrying that? Just automatically was like, why aren't you carrying that for her? I'm like, I am here. I am in person in front of you. You can talk to me. I do have ears and I can hear you. <laughs> I think it comes down to, as well, like, we don't know, like, what, from looking at other people, what you're physically capable of. Like, Alex could have had, like, a problem in terms of, like, muscle or something where he literally can't... I Like, obviously, he couldn't lift very heavy things anyway. But, like, for all we know, he could have something that means he really isn't strong enough to lift those things. And it just comes down to, like, yeah, like, invisible... It's the invisible disability thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. You just assume people are able-bodied because they look able-bodied. That's what I mean. Um- yeah, but mind their own business. Like, if you haven't got anything nice to say, it's just don't say anything at all. Keely, how does your? You already talked a bit a little about how your business is um, is trying to make sort of gigs safer for women and stuff. Um, how? Yeah, how how can you how can you do this? And is it is it too big of a thing to to handle? I mean, it, it, to be fair, basically things like this come down to awareness as well, right? Which I guess is the thing you're trying to trying to do and you know make sure that more people have have the support they need at going to gigs which should be like you know a fun environment anyway i think there's a lot of organizations that try to help both women in the music industry workforce the artists and also the fans yeah so there's make gigs safe of women who mm-hmm. work with the artists and the venues and there's an artist called frank carter who will have only women mosh pits only women crowd surfing when he plays a certain song. 
and you can see it does work but it, you, you I've physically been there in the crowd and said it doesn't work so I think just try and find lots of different ways to try and combat it and see what works best and I think a lot of it is yeah awareness like you want to see when you go to a venue a massive poster saying like if this happens to you report it I have friends that literally don't go to gigs anymore because what they've experienced is so awful no one should be in that situation that's like horrible because you know you should feel comfortable especially like I know if there's like other women at shows I'd feel more comfortable going over to another woman and talking to her feeling like I'm going to get the support from her if some guy was being creepy towards me but I think as well in the music industry we still have a gender pay gap at major music mm. companies yeah and we've all seen those festival lineups it's definitely not 50 50. Mm-hmm. I think it does start with education so going into high schools and saying look this is how you should act at a gig and also look because you know you can do this in the future you there's yeah. different things other than you know being taylor swift <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think it's nice as well like you like keely just said like taking people into schools if we had female musicians coming when we were in school it would have made such a difference because we would have had people to look up to because all we really had and like our the type of genre we're yes. into is like paramore and kind of like bands like that which are really well known but how many like if, if you think off the top of your head if i said to name like three or four pop punk punk bands the chances are you'd say like ones that have males in them mm-hmm. so to actually have women go in and like like say look these two people are in a band like yeah okay and they're not massive but they're local but they play guitar they're two females like go and stick go and stick the girls in a room with them for an hour and give them a guitar to play with just let them have a chat let them know that they can do what they want because i feel like you don't want to yeah, limit people. Just having that re- that reaffirmation that it's something that you can do. Yeah, uni made such a difference as well because I know, well, I think me, me and Keely are in like one of the uh, one of the lectures together on like a certain day of the week. Which he's just like so lovely, like the lecturer who does it, and he just makes everyone just reassured. And he's had one to one chats with me. He's spoke to us about stuff, and he just really cares about getting you where you want to be. And he makes all the effort he can to make sure that you can do what you want. And you need more people like that, but it needs to start at a younger age. Get girls in schools, hashtag. Yeah, well, I love that. I think it's great. It's great to have that um, role model, someone to look up to, or just someone to show that it's whatever career or path you want to take, that it is doable and it is not for any sort of gender or any, you know, any background. You know, you don't need to be of a certain type of person to to be able to get into these different areas, um, which I feel like a lot of people sometimes, you know, especially at the younger ages, do probably feel like things are not within their reach um and i hope that things do start to you know i think the good thing about people our age is people are a lot more open-minded um and i think over the next few years or more obviously when people in these more important roles are replaced hopefully and especially with like startups and you know uh, as as things move forward things will become more inclusive and i just wanted to go back to um what Keely said about festival lineups because you're absolutely right 100% and I think it's one of those things that like when it's like a rock festival or something it's kind of more expected because there is like an imbalance there in terms of gender but I think it's even more glaring when it comes to like pop festivals because all like so many of the big names in pop are women so you would expect there to be at least an equal amount or close to an equal amount of women on those sorts of festivals. So when that's outweighed as well, that's when it really starts to become really obvious. We were talking about um, like 
female like shows as well so when you have like world's international women's day shows and stuff like that and it's like you still have out balance on that so it's still like mo- mostly male acts rather than female and it's like surely if you're trying to push for a female show like a f- and like women's day shows you'd want to have like either a or female lineup or like yeah men could be feminist too obviously so it's okay to have a few but surely you'd want to focus more on the female side of that well this is an interesting conversation i had as part of my project somebody was like obviously mixed bands are a little bit more rare and and female friends well female inclusive bands are more rare but they said you know a good point of suddenly all these venues can find all these female inclusive bands when it comes to like a feminist thing or an international women's day thing it's like why aren't they finding those bands in general is it are they not looking for them or are those bands feeling like they can't reach out or is it a combination of the two like Mm -hmm. that was just an interesting little discussion we had about that So I couldn't get my words out, and I literally just stalled. Uh, I that. That's fine. I could barely speak English. This is my first language. So, <laughs> uh, so what has everyone been doing uh, to stay creative throughout the isolation? Um, mostly just kind of practicing on my own because I found it's when well we spend a lot of time with the band. Like that, they are. I spend more time with the band than I do my own family because we're just constantly working. Um, so it's just getting the motivation to sit down with the earphones in, practice on your own, um, and just try and learn songs like so that you're able when you go back to hit the ground running. Um, I've been listening to musicals and stuff as well because like talk about future, I'd like to go into musical performances or audiovisual. So just focusing on doing that. Do you want to work um, up front or behind the scenes? It's a little bit of both. So I've just like I've got a kind of like mm-hmm. a three-step plan, which is like main priority, then like a secondary, and then a fallback. Wow. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of time to think about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty prepped, like yeah. (laughs) I'm just winging it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like like kind of kind of orchestra pit. I'd like to go into like playing the guitar in there, and then fall back from that would be audio visual, so creating trailers for Netflix and music videos and stuff, and then fall back from that would be like sound technician, lighting technician. Right, cool. Um, But yeah, kind of just working on looking at what I can do to get there when we go back to uni, just hit the ground running. Because like Keely said, we've not done all of his work for no reason. Yeah, I mean, same. I've been like just trying to keep writing and stuff. Um, It's been kind well, not a blessing, but it's been good to have like some of the downtime uh, that I wouldn't normally have. Because it means I can revisit old ideas that I haven't had the time to flesh out. And it means I can, I've had time to listen to more music that I wouldn't normally listen to. I think partly like boredom, I've sought out new stuff. And that's kind of helped me come up with new ideas and find new approaches to writing. Whereas normally I would like, not that it's necessarily bad, but I would kind of follow a similar kind of structure or get into a certain mindset of stuff. And now I'm trying to challenge that a little bit. What do you you plan on doing with the band? Is it something that you want to keep going well i imagine you want to keep it going for as long as you can but is nah, it something you want to fuck it <laughs> <laughs> write it off do you want to do it as like a, a career or is it is it something that you just is is just fun to do as a as a side hustle because i Char, you mentioned definitely career goals yeah if it could be a yeah. career that would be like it's the ideal like yeah my, my separate plan is so i've got like a personal plan and then i've got a band plan so my band is 75 personal is 25 because 
my all my most of my focus does go into the band but obviously you have to have a backup plan if that didn't work out the band is my only plan the, the band is my only plan as well please, please if anyone is if anyone's listening please give us a chance we're good this people. is all i have <laughs> FTV, no, I we'd like to be able to get to a position where we always said we if if we blew up that'd be amazing like if we were worldwide known but at the moment we we'd like to get to a point where we're kind of like there's a band known. stand atlantic who are known <laughs> yeah uh who are um like well known in the genre that we listen to and they can play around the world but yet if they walk down the street they're not going to get harassed by paparazzi yep. that's kind of like the same level so playing at like o2 academies and stuff at the moment like over the next few years would be really cool to hit that would be awesome to be able to start doing eventually and then move up from there but yeah we, we've spoke about it and it is definitely we're all in the same mindset now we all want to have this as a career how do you get it to that point though how would how do you go from from playing from where you are now to playing in those bigger bigger arenas bag <laughs> um you just have to make connections with people so through university like lecturers that we've got i've been speaking to them about getting management so we're currently in chats with uh, a few people about that in the future and then looking at making connections through people so that you can go into the right places and being able to say right we've we played these shows so like we opened for a band who's quite well known in cardiff uh, we opened for them in Cheltenham when they played here and that was after one of our first shows we had and that was that was an amazing show um so just more stuff like that and just hopefully being in the right place at the right time getting noticed by a and r people having the opportunity to go forward so we're, we're just working as hard as we can behind the scenes and there's no break even now <laughs> like people what people don't see is that we are still like full full of like full we've literally got like an hour long like video to upload later yeah it's going to be on youtube later on and, and uh, <laughs> we're doing like little isolation diaries which if you want to see me judge me for pronouncing words with my accent feel free um yeah it's, it's tiring but i feel like it's one of those things which when we look at how far we've come in the last year alone we started in january of last year we've played 15 shows in six months and released an ep and you know that was just the first year and around. that was considering like, that we started completely unseriously yeah so now we feel like if we did that in the first year, what can we do in the next two years? Let's seriously do it. Let's put our foot down. Let's go for it. Because it doesn't come by chance. There is a bit of luck. But well, I mean, we absolutely planned to be making an yeah. album this year, but obviously that's not something we can do now. <laughs> yeah, it's been pushed back now. So unfortunately, but you know, you take you take that on the chin, you take the knockbacks as they come and you push forward and continue doing it. But we're working hard and we're determined to get to the position we want to yeah. be at. Nice. Well, I, I actually love the EP that you released. Oh, thanks. Thank you. We've got some really good stuff. Like, as much as I love the EP, we've got some really good stuff that we haven't been able to do anything with yet. Especially, yeah, on the album. On the album, we want to release them on, so... So I'm really excited about that. Keep Yeah, if you want to check out the, the EP, I'm going to give it a plug now. It's uh, Worse For Wear. It's on Spotify and all of that, like, good shit, like Amazon Music and Apple Music and stuff like that. So go and check it out. It's Worse For right, Wear. Down that out. And please give us a stream. Yeah, down and out. By down and out. Please don't <laughs> the We got, but we just hit five. We just hit five k streams oh, wow. uh, on it. On it in total in like the last six months, we hit five k, which has been amazing to see that people are enjoying us. I want to um, I want to raise awareness about how many royalties we got from Spotify <laughs> for like four thousand. Didn't we make like sixteen, 16 pounds for four thousand? So it's like this is why stream is important. This is why um, merch is important as well. Merch and merch and streaming is just so important because it's we like, work hard and we don't get a lot of money for it. We, we do don't it because get we love it. Pretty much any money. We don't divide it, we put it back into the band. It goes back in the band part and then we use it for recording and stuff. 
So to sign off, we've got a few just random questions that we ask. Um, kind of like quick fire round, but doesn't really matter. Um, I'll let Toby oh, ask them if you want, okay. Toby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably one of our common like questions we always put in every episode. But uh, so, do you uh, say scone or scone? Oh God. Scone. Scone. Joe, what did you say? Shit. I think I say scone. Oh, no, no. <laughs> not posh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not even posh. That's the funniest thing. Finally, finally there is one. Like, I've, I've been having trouble, to be honest, on my end, because I always say scone, and I always say it's a Midlands thing. So, I'm glad to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Birmingham, so maybe. Oh, brilliant. There we go. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might not want to say this, but what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? I've got mine. Keila's ready to go. Keila's like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a, a gig at Manchester Arena and I didn't drink all day. So I fainted at this gig and I was right at the front. And this poor like group of guys had to like carry me to the paramedics. <laughs> so I went to the paramedics and I was like, I'm really sorry, I just haven't drank. So they just gave me some water and, and my dad was there. So um, they were like, so, so where, where's your dad? And I was like, if you just go to like the back of the arena, you'll know he's my dad. <laughs> and they literally, five minutes, he came back. I looked just like my dad. <laughs> Mine was, um, we went to America in 2016. And uh, we went to go and see a baseball game. And I've got, it's, it's no secret, I've got ADHD, so I zone out very easily. Um, I was looking at hats and I thought my boyfriend was to that. the right of me. Oh, do you, well, now you know, fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the hyperactive child. That's why I jump about a lot on stage. And just, Joe's like, oh my God, please. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I zoned out and I was looking at hats, thought my boyfriend was to the right of me. And the national anthem came on. And when the national anthem comes on in America, everyone goes silent. <laughs> and I was talking and just turned around and started talking to this random stranger. And he oh, gave no. me like the deadliest <laughs> look. Like I just like killed his firstborn child. And I was like, oh no. Oh no. And I realised half of her just kind of walked off. And my boyfriend was laughing at me. You could just hear from the breath of him going, America. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, final question. This is a bit more serious. Um, what is the best piece of advice or words of wisdom you'd give to someone who would like a career in the creative industries or more more specifically, uh, music? I'd say just don't give up. Keep pushing for it. Keep practising. Like we said earlier on, surround yourself with people who are going to be honest with you but not toxic. Um, and just make sure that you've got a good supportive crowd and that you're on board. And just be prepared to get setbacks. Never give up because you will do it. Just keep pushing for it. And if you want advice, like especially if you're a woman and you want to get into music, feel free to just message anyone you know, any artist. If you wanted to speak to Down Out for any reason, just drop us a message. PM us. We will speak to you about it. Just keep going for it and don't give up because you'll do it. I was going to say, feel free to message us. <laughs> I think also just adding on to that, like have some faith in your own ability. And even if you don't have faith in your ability as it stands, have, your, have faith in your ability to grow and get better. I think um, be unapologetic about your achievements and don't shy away from pitching for yourself. In a way, be your own cheerleader, because I've known so many different people and bands that have done that. And I interviewed a band on Sunday and they did that and they got a song with Iggy Pop from it. So <laughs> Cool. Um, do you all want to... Keely, do you want to uh, give a shout out for your... Um, sass and snarl with the Instagram um, handle and then Joe and Charlie you can do the same with down and out yeah um, if you're creative 
in the industry in music and you want to start your own side hustle or you want to support women or you want to find ways to promote yourself and network my instagram is sassensnarl we have a website message me dm me i'm always there <laughs> if you want to uh hit up down not out we are on twitter which is at down not out band uh we're on instagram which i also believe is at down not out band um we've also got a website which is down not uk um, you can find us individually on Instagram as well, which Joe has a different name to us, but my name is DNO underscore Shah. Um, and yeah, just check out our website. Please go and stream us on Spotify. As we said, we've got an EP. We're hoping to release an album next year. Just check us out because we're always interested in performing shows. We're interested in giving people advice. Just, yeah, just feel free to message us because we are nice people. So we do, com- we, do- we communicate through memes a lot, but we are nice people. <laughs> I like that you said that as though there's like two conflicting things. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know I, I may communicate through memes to you, so just don't be confused if I reply with a meme. But yeah, that's that's us. Um. Yeah. Well, shark over the down and out aspect. So I guess I could drop my own because I do have uh my project coming up, but it's currently unnamed, so it doesn't have any social media. So if you follow me at Tilda Break, you can see stuff about the band, about my project, and cute dog and cat videos. <laughs> if that's something you need do you know what? every time i see both of you every now and then you change your twitter <laughs> handles or twitter names and i am always confused the amount of times i'm like who is that and i go to unfollow them and i go to your page and i realize it's come like up with a new pun on our names usually <laughs> happens all the time i wanted to beetlejuice one so joe was like oh i'm always gonna because i forget i have a surname so joe just manages to incorporate it so beetlejuice is how uh <laughs> how Joe came up with my new surname one and I was like, I can't. But Sharkeel O'Neill is my Twitter. She used to be Brendan Leary as well, was great. Brendan Leary was one of the best ones as well. <laughs> Sharkeel O'Neill is still my favourite one. Yes. I, and Steve I feel Charlton. like you should pay me for these. <laughs> I can't, but, uh, yeah, oh, I was going to say that, yeah, you, <laughs> no, you, you come up with most of them. <laughs> you come up with most of them for me. But yeah, we were on socials. Feel free to hit us up. We're nice people and we will talk to you. Well, thank you to all of you for being on. Um, so thanks to Keely, Joe and Shah uh, for sharing your advice and opinions and um, being on episode four. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed it, um, you can let us know on either my Twitter, which is Nick is four or Toby's Twitter, which is uh, at Toby underscore lounge. <laughs> um, or you can email us at totallyrelevantpodcast at gmail.com. And what we're also asking is if you have listened to any of the episodes and you have enjoyed the content to donate to our Just Giving page, we're raising money for two charities because on our content form we sent out to all of our um, guests, the two highest was Mind, the mental health charity, and Macmillan Cancer Support. And so we are raising money for both. Uh, We made our page live last week and our goal was to raise £100. um, And we've already raised £85, which is crazy. I don't know how. Um, so yeah, if you, I know times are hard, but if you've enjoyed the content and you would like to donate to support those two causes, um, you can find that at justgiving.com slash team slash totally relevant. And you can choose which one you'd like to donate to. Sounds good, Toby. Yeah, sounds all pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> when you sent me the message this morning, uh, about we got an ominous 50 pounds, I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was so, like, Toby, but... is that you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it's yeah, it's great. Like bring the donations in. We're all helpful for uh, grateful. And yeah, especially around the world and all that. 
that are tuning in and listening get just feel free to give a shout out and then we can shout you out on the podcast you know like i don't know linda from australia or something you know. <laughs> exactly linda from australia is loving life right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's shook that oh, you've mentioned God. her <laughs> thanks linda for all your support um <laughs> and thank you to everyone else uh take care